Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Newsmakers Week with Bickley and Murata Mornings, the Arizona Cardinals. That exciting time for the Arizona Cardinals. We've already spoken with their new general manager, Monty Ossenfort. We'll speak to their new head coach, Jonathan Gannon, tomorrow. But right now, in uh, studio joining us, the man in charge of the Arizona Cardinals, the owner, Michael Bidwell, kind enough to uh, join us in studio here at the Oxygen Community Studios. Michael, thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Good morning. It's great to see you in person. Yeah. Likewise. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and a busy time for you. Can, you. can you breathe a little bit now with the Super Bowl in the rearview mirror, the coaching stuff all done? Man, it was busy. Uh, and it, it started back in December, and it, you know it was just go, go, go. And I, I just want to thank everybody on our organization because, you know, in the history of these things, nobody's ever had to hire GM, a head coach, and then host a Super Bowl a few weeks later. I didn't want to take my focus off of those first two items, so there were a lot of people in our organization that really stepped up to make sure that we did everything we could do to just knock Super Bowl 57 out of the park, yeah. and I think we yeah. did. I think you did, too. Out, out of the three, I was going to ask you, out of the GM, the head coach, and the Super Bowl, which one turned out best? I'm not going to put you on the spot like that, <laughs> but we, let's let's ask you about the Super Bowl, because that is a dramatic undertaking, even midway through the week, Roger Goodell seemed to be very effusive in the way everything was coming off. Downtown Phoenix looked probably more adult than it has in a long period of time. Just your thoughts. Give us some some reflection on the Super Bowl. I thought it was outstanding. I think the Valley did a great job. This, the whole state came together. Uh, you look at all the, you know, and some of this started years ago with the investment in the infrastructure here, new roads, expansion of all the, the, the airports, which is huge because <clears throat> we knew we were going to have record attendance. Um, just everything went great. And so those investments that were made, just not only in the infrastructure, but also in the stadium, new restaurants, new resorts, new everything that um, really made the Valley shine, made mm-hmm. our state, really put it on center stage. And I, I think we did a great job. Um, and so I, I think everything came together. We, we put over $200 million into the stadium. I know people were really impressed with all the new elements at State Farm Stadium as well. Yeah, Michael, it looked great. Michael Bidwell, our guest in studio for Newsmakers Week, focusing now on the Arizona Cardinals. And a lot of this conversation is going to be looking toward the future. As I mentioned, this is an exciting time, but uh, a tumultuous season, no doubt. How, how would you characterize basically the last year and a half. I know you made reference to it in your press conference on January 9th about, hey, 10-2 on top of the world. I don't think you expected to be here. So how would you describe last season in summing it up? Uh, Extremely disappointing. Uh, And then, you know, I don't want to spend much time. I know you guys don't either. You know, I'm glass half full. Let's move forward. Look through the front windshield and forget about the rearview mirror. Uh, You know, we've ripped the Band-Aid off. It was wholesale changes. And uh, I'm really pleased with where we've ended up. Yeah. And and I think you deserve a lot of uh, praise for that because those were not easy decisions to make. So let's start with your general manager. You hired somebody from the outside, Monty Ford. We just visited with him. Very impressive guy. What sold you on him? His plan. Simply put, his plan, and if you look at his background, in addition to his plan, I had a lot of faith in his plan because he spent years at New England. He was back. They was invited back there twice. Uh, in talking to Robert Kraft, they'd have him back in a minute. He was a big loss when, when he left. And um, 
And then his plan. He's got a plan. It's a, it's a modified New England plan about how we're going to acquire talent, you know, both through the draft and free agency, the types of players we're going to look for. It marries up very well with Jonathan Gannon in uh, his vision for players and how we're going to run an offense, how we're going to run a defense and special teams as well. So I think it's his plan, his discipline, and um, I, I'm excited about watching him evaluate because we're at the very beginning stages of evaluating every position, every player. But I know that's going to happen quickly. And uh, in, in, in sort of, we're sort of changing the tire and driving the car down the road at the same time because these guys leave to the to the combine next week. So mm-hmm. it's go time now. Yeah. And we have they, these guys have been working their rear ends off. And we're still not done. We're nearly done completing the coaching staff. Uh, but I think you'll see some announcements here in, in the in the coming days. How much, uh, and we talked to Monty about this too, about what he learned about the organization, being new to the organization and the coaching interview process. How much did you learn about your own organization and your process in interviewing general manager candidates? I think I think we learned uh, a lot. And I, I think, you know, it's it's not just the things you're doing and your, your talent on your roster, but w- this is what is great about these searches. And I want to thank three people in particular, because when I started this project uh, process, you know, I, I invited three Three people to participate with me: Mark Dalton, our senior vice president of communications and media here, uh, as well as uh, Lisa Manning, uh, our senior vice president of marketing and business operation operations, and Sean Mayo, our chief people officer. I asked them to all join me, and I told them at the beginning of the journey, I said, "We're going to learn so much. It's going to be a free look into a lot of different organizations and a lot of different ways to do it." And um, so, what I, I think we learned is not only different ways to coach, but also different ways to acquire talent and different ways to look at talent. And then lastly, you know, where is this performance, player development, and sports science space today, and are we lagging? And where where do we need to make additional investments? And that that's, that's sort of the next yeah. area that we're really going to be focused on. All right, before we get to JG, because there's a lot to get to with him, and his energy is stupendous, I want to ask you about Sean Payton, because it looked like the time you spent with him it looked like you guys got along swimmingly. I, I don't know. Do you guys go all the way back to being ball boys together in St. Louis? Do you have that kind of connection? Well, I'm, we we I, I don't remember him specifically, but I remember a group of, of players because he was a player at Eastern Illinois mm-hmm. University, right. and uh, and I was I was working at training camp as well. So I m- remember interacting with all those guys. I don't remember specifically Sean, but as soon as Sean got into the league, you know, we hit it off because every time he would see my dad, it was he he dropped everything and come over and Mr. B and, you know, like like a kid at, at training camp right. coming over to see uh, uh, see my dad. But in any case, he 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 and I have a long relationship to go way back. And and his the interview with him was excellent as well. I mean, he's got a, a wealth of football knowledge in terms of the way he does things. And and, and it's, it, the, you know, sort of the psychology of how you motivate players, both in a positive and in a reinforcement way. And uh, so we spent a lot of time. The issues around um, uh, around Coach Payton were had nothing to do with the money, the compensation that we would be paying him. It was mm-hmm. all the compensation, the, the draft compensation to right. the Saints. And we just weren't willing to go what, with what the Saints wanted uh, us to give up. It would, would have been too costly to the team for us to rebuild that roster. And, and it was really a series of trade-offs. And I still felt like we've got great coaches out there that can, that can you know get this team turned around. And I think we 
were right when you look at JG. That's a very interesting thing to have to figure out is how much is a head coach worth in terms of player assets? How did you guys do that calculations? Well, when they're asking a lot, it was it was, it was like, okay, we're going to have yeah, some, a couple of conversations, and we're going to we're going to see if we can we can structure this in a different way. Which was was some of the ideas that that I brought. They were unwilling to to structure it in a different way. And you know, while we were hoping that that uh, you know there there wasn't. Uh, you know, uh, somebody out there that would pay that compensation because, you know, we knew if there was, you know, we're, we're probably out of it. And then and then it, it that oh, all came so. together with Denver. But we were still. Uh, but having said that, okay. we knew there were great coaches out there. So if, you know, some of those in that category of um, some of some of the deals you do, you know, we're going to be really happy and versus the deals you don't do. We're going to be really happy with those draft choices this year and next year that we'll have on at the draft draft that will help us get this team better quickly. And the coaching search ends with, with Jonathan Gannon. Yes. And, and I know some people with the way the timetable shook out, Michael, they'll say, wow, they were just waiting for Gannon the whole time. That not necessarily the case. Can you kind of clarify that that whole process and, and, and the end result of Jonathan Gannon being here? Yeah. And let me let me just take a couple of steps back, because I think it's it also it, it shines a light on why Monty Ossenfort set himself apart. He set himself apart, not just because of his plan, but a year ago he was going through interviews. And, and the year before that, he was on a lot of people's lists. He knew he was going to get a chance to be a general manager. Mm-hmm. So what did he do last year after throwing a bunch of names out? Here's my names. Here are the guys I'd like to go after. He he was he realized, hey, I haven't talked to some of these people, and I'm just dealing and just recommending them based on their reputation and their record that I know from, you know, seeing them play or, or, or coach. And so what he did is last year he took all his free time and he spent time interviewing coaches. No other general wow. manager candidate did that. Mm-hmm. So he did his own interviews knowing that, hey, if I get a chance to be in front of an owner again – I'm going to be able to say, yeah, I interviewed this person, that person, and here's why these people are on my list. Jonathan Gannon was at the top of his list. Aaron Glenn was number two. There were, and, and I don't know that the initially when he gave me the, his names that he had listed them in, in in order of preference. He was just throwing out names, yeah. and I'm writing them down. Um, it was in a telephone conversation before we even spoke, and what I, I that was the thing that really set him apart. Is this guy had the foresight, the vision, and to just weed out the chaff because he told me and he told us, the interview team, there were people on his list that he thought, man, I'm going to love this this coach. Mm-hmm. He interviewed them and he took them off their list, off wow. his list. And then there were other coaches that he heard a little bit about and he got even more excited about. Jonathan Gannon was one of those and same with Aaron Glenn. And <clears throat> so it was clear when we, we were going through his list, we had some of our own names that we, we, we were presenting, um, and we put together this, this group of, of, of head coaches. He was the most prepared. He had already had some of the preliminary conversations, and there was a reason why he had that list. Mm-hmm. And, and again, he was ahead of everybody else in that department. Cardinals owner Michael Bidwell, our in-studio guest. Michael's been kind enough to stick around for a second segment, so we'll get more into Jonathan Gannon and the uh, future of the Arizona Cardinals straight ahead as Newsmakers Week continues here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Newsmakers Week with Bickley and Murata Mornings, the Arizona Cardinals. We're going to do our due diligence on a lot of people. 
Um, but the, the first thing is that I'm looking for is I want people that want to be Arizona Cardinals. And with the process that we have with Michael and Monty and myself, I'm very confident we're going to find the right group of guys to coach this football team. And um, they know they're an integral part to maximizing the player. And um, they're going to have a servant leadership because that's what I believe in. And we're going to be high energy and um, very innovative and uh, look forward to, to putting it together. And, and once that first staff meeting hits, delegating everybody's role and getting to it. That is Jonathan Gannon, the new head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. A clip from the premiere episode of uh, Flight Plan, Cardinals Flight Plan. It premieres tonight on YouTube at 7 o'clock. And uh, that was an exclusive clip that was shared with us. And you'll see the whole episode tonight uh, on the plane ride back. Uh, and an exci- I mentioned an exciting time for the Arizona Cardinals. Jonathan Gannon at the center of that. Michael Bidwell, the owner of the Cardinals, in studio with us here for Newsmakers Week. Uh, first of all, let me commend uh, the content team that you uh, put together with the Cardinals flight plan. How many years is this now? It's got to be five or six years, right? Boy, yeah, four years. Four years, but but I mean, literally tens of millions of views that our fans and other fans of other teams, and I know other teams are now copying this whole format. We were the first to come out with it, and I think nearly every team has some form of a flight plan for the off season, just to tell yeah. all the stories, give the fans behind the scenes, and uh, Tim Delaney and his group do a fantastic job for us. Yeah, I agree. Um, and Jonathan Gannon, getting to know him a little bit more. I, fans will see that uh, in the episode. But what, one of the things that stood out to me or stands out to me, Michael, about Jonathan Gannon, he's a 40-year-old who's never been a head coach before, two years as a coordinator. But just the confidence he exudes, the rapport he showed yesterday with Nick Rawls at that press conference, uh, it was refreshing to see. Uh, it, how much of that came out in the interview process? A lot. Uh, he was. Uh, it, it was clear when he walked in the room. This this guy is a leader. This phrase, a leader of men, mm-hmm. gets thrown around in the NFL way cliche. too much. Very cliche and overused, and 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 it and not supported by a lot of people. That. It, that he he definitely is one who it, it's like whoa you, you know you yeah. know who's in charge in this right. room yeah and uh, it it came across right away yeah and I th- I think football players I I really believe they need a lot of that it, it's it's a very violent hard game they play as you well know and and this is something I think that that people are really like oh good give me more of this um so the energy and and what he brings to the job were you the way he's hitting va- the Valley sports fans now is, is that the way it hit you did you like oh wow for for however long this has taken for however much i've had to do along the way with the super bowl and all this i have got the perfect guy sitting across from me i think so and and i think that, that there's a new normal in terms of timing because there have been a lot of changes to the 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 speed at which teams can hire a coach and a gm and uh they require additional mandatory interviews of diverse candidates in-person interviews that slows things down so the idea that you you could hire a coach within days after finishing a season that's over with Mm -hmm. that timeline is over with I believe it now takes at least two weeks. So even though we took this 36, 37 days, I, I wasn't counting, uh, but I've, I've, I've read where 
but that's that's going to be the new normal. And we we were ready to wait. Every bit of advice was take your time, not only with the head coach, but also filling out your staff. There are a lot of great coaches there, including from college that are ready to make the jump. So um, I wasn't worried. We had we had finalists that were excellent candidates. um, uh, But we wanted I wanted to speak to Jonathan Gannon Mm -hmm. and he wasn't playing until after the Super Bowl. Uh, I know that that so did Monty. Monty had a lot more questions for him and wanted to put him in that. But to come in on Monday uh, after the Super Bowl loss, um, you know, he came into the room and he was he was immediately able to switch gears. And that's what you need as a football coach and a football player is a short memory because yes. you can't be thinking about the last play or the play where you might have uh, made the wrong call in the first quarter. You've got to be very present. And as he says, be where your feet are. Mm-hmm. That's where he was Monday and Tuesday because we, we kept talking. Uh, we did, you know, it's like, okay, you want to go to dinner? We went to Tarbell's. Uh, <laughs> okay, you, you want to leave at 8 a.m.? Well, why don't you come in the building and we'll keep talking. Uh-huh. And so, uh, so we'll, we'll the plane will wait on you. So right. anyway, it was we, we had a great conversation. It, it, we ended up in a great place. Uh, he really stood out among all the uh, candidates, and that's that's what I was saying to the team. I said, look, they're going to be candidates that really rise above the rest, and it'll be very clear to all of us. And I think we all came to the exact same conclusion. Going back to your point on the timetable, and and you referenced that as maybe the new norm, there's been a lot of people around the league, Michael, as you well know, that have been pushing the NFL maybe to pass a rule. Do you think that's in the future where the, the timetable is defined by league rules moving forward? Well, it is defined by league rules now, but I don't think it'll be moved back as far as some people have suggested, you know, back after the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's, and that's what I was getting at, mandating all teams to wait until after the Super Bowl. So there are a couple of committees that, that uh, input on this before it goes to an owner vote. I'm on one of those committees. The competition committee is another. Uh, but the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee has a big say-so in a lot of this. And, and, and I think we are still fine-tuning things. There's no doubt that we're going to be addressing this. I and mean, one, one of the challenges we had is um, the window for us to put in permission slips had passed before we had made a final decision on our our general manager. Mm-hmm. So we were precluded uh, from putting in permission slips and having to wait additional weeks. Mm-hmm. And so that's a little bit of a, a, a an area that I, I don't think we anticipated. So we'll talk about it and see if there's a modification of the rule for teams like ours. You, uh, you're an interesting guy, Michael. You've got a lot of things going on. You've got a lot of big-time political connections. You're obviously um, into the political spectrum. You love piloting. I remember having a conversation with you about a decade ago where you were talking about the future of Arizona and how you want the state to kind of shine and grow and, and, and sort of be big league. What are your thoughts about that now? What is the football team's role in that? And what is your role in all of that? Well, my role, I'm I'm vice chairman of the Arizona Commerce Authority. So if you think of our Commerce Department, it's known as the Arizona Commerce Authority, and it's sort of a public-private partnership. Uh, Sandra Watson runs it day-to-day. She does an amazing job. Um, And when you think about it, if you roll back 10 years ago, a a lot of young Arizonans would go to college, and they wouldn't come back here because there were not great jobs back in Arizona. But now we've got all sorts of high-paying, great jobs. We're not getting those back-of-house call centers anymore. We used to celebrate those 15 years ago. (laughs) Today, what we have, and I I made this point, during Super Bowl 49 in 2015, 
there was a brand new governor, Doug Ducey. We had set up this program called the Visiting CEO Program. We had we invited 50 CEOs who were serious about re- relocating their business to Arizona or expanding it substantially to Arizona. It was high-tech companies, uh, all sorts of different companies, aerospace companies, defense companies, um, a, a headquarter, companies with headquarters that were going to bring them here. Um, of those 50 companies, after the Super Bowl, we had it was speed dating, corporate uh, free agency. <laughs> we we met with them all. We landed 20 of those 50 companies. Wow. And I told the story this time. It was with Governor Hobbs. We invited 70 of those companies. I know we're going to land a bunch of those as well. It was corporate speed dating over two weekends ago where I met multiple times with um, the whole group, spoke to them about Arizona, spoke to them about the opportunity here, spoke to them about the welcoming and, and the business environment. But then um, I made the point on the morning of the um, of, of the Super Bowl was the last time it was it was Senator Mark Kelly, Governor Hobbs, and and I that all addressed and Sandra Watson that addressed this group. And I made the point at the Arizona Biltmore at that brunch. I said, you know, eight years ago when we had the um, had that that group here, one of the companies we were chasing was this this a, a company that was a high tech company that was going to build a new electric car, and it was just like a foreign idea that that this company would come to Arizona. Well, they got their investment from the Royal uh the the Saudi Royal Investment Fund. And I said, "And this morning, I drove my Lucid electric car that was made <laughs> by Arizonans 40 miles from here, uh down at Casa Grande, uh to the Arizona Biltmore, and this is a product that's now made. We 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 have wow. a car manufacturer here. We have electric vehicle technology. We have battery technology. Yeah. They're going they're drone technology being developed here. There is so much going on in Arizona. It's amazing. And uh, plus all the chips that, you know, uh, Taiwan Semiconductor, I was part of that group to help recruit that company uh, here too. That is going to be something we're talking about in 10 years um, of how explosive that growth is for the Valley. The uh, list of municipalities and Super Bowl-ready facilities is growing. It's getting bigger year by year. Obviously, Arizona's in the mix with the Super Bowl recently in the rearview mirror. How do you size up the future of of Super Bowls in Arizona? What do you see as that timetable uh, in terms of the rotation, well, we'll have we'll have another Super Bowl back. Uh, the first thing you know we needed to do is do a great job, you know, executing mm-hmm. Super Bowl Fifty Seven. We did that. Next up on our our list is now just about fourteen months from now, which is the Final Four. And we've got another great opportunity to do the visiting CEO program, which we, Governor Ducey and I did around the last Final Four. Governor Hobbs and I will do that around this Final Four. Um, and then, you know, we'll see when we get the next Super Bowl, but the, it'll be bigger, it'll be better, and um, and it, it's going to be a really exciting time. But I think the key is, is we put over $200 million mm-hmm. into State Farm Stadium, and it wasn't just in the high-end product for the, you know, the corporations, the, the suites and the club areas. It was everywhere. It was new video boards for everyone. It was new Wi-Fi for everybody, 5G technology inside the stadium, outside the stadium. We built a new uh, fan pavilion and beer garden on the Great Lawn for everybody to enjoy. We built a new sports book, the BetMGM Sportsbook out on the Great Lawn. So $200 million of investment in this building so that it's always fresh. We're going to continue to do that, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. We're going to continue to invest in it because that's we're not going to be one that lets our, our building fall behind. We want to continue to make that fan experience, that game day experience, that pregame experience the best it can be in the NFL. 
Michael, thanks so much for joining us in studio. Really yeah, appreciate your ups, time. Man. Always good to catch up with you, and uh, best of luck with everything. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. And again, you can catch the season premiere of Cardinals Flight Plan. Premieres tonight, 7 o'clock on YouTube, and you can get to know uh, all about the new head coach, Jonathan Gannon, and the process that went into hiring him.